calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Travelcast, episode 472. The Drabblecast is an audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. This week, a great story for you called The Hard Problem of Consciousness by Andrew Giffen. Andrew's a high school English teacher in Richmond, Virginia, where he lives with his wife and two daughters. His previous work can be found in Cosmic Horror Monthly, The Dread Machine, Abyss and Apex, and Planet Scum. So without further ado, we bring you... The Hard Problem of Consciousness by Andrew Giffen The Hard Problem of Consciousness by Andrew Giffen Rain fell and the air reeked of communication. Chemical signals trailed behind every scurrying figure. Pat shuddered at their segmented legs, working in unison, a group of them passing her cab beetle. She'd hated bugs since she was a girl. The war officially ended two years ago. Pat still had trouble adjusting to civilian life. She woke up screaming sometimes, dreaming of tunnels and dead friends. That it was a dream, she was still alive, was barely a comfort. Her scent translator picked up a hail. She guided the beetle through streets lined with brown, rounded buildings, each structure built with chewed-up dirt and saliva. The cab beetle let out high-pitched chirps as it stomped along the pheromone trail to where the lone passenger waited. Bioluminescent lighting from the city illuminated the bug's reflection in spreading puddles. Pat had tendered her resignation from armed service shortly after the hasty truce between the two species, human and hive. Then she was pulled in the lottery. A percentage of humans already on hive worlds and bugs already on human worlds were required to stay and work for a period. Intended to facilitate a sense of cooperation, it instead created a constant state of tension, one always in danger of bubbling over. The door of the cabin opened as the beetle knelt to let the passenger on board. 
Pat eyed traffic for an opening before coaxing the beetle back on the road. The cabin swayed in its harness. As a cab wrangler on the Hive homeworld, she'd amassed almost enough to buy a passage off-planet. Part of the truce ensured she made five times the amount her job normally paid. Instead of providing incentive for her to stay, she worked harder to leave as soon as possible. With two months left, she couldn't stop daydreaming of Earth, even while steering the large beetle around the sprawling colony. Where you headed? Pat said into the face of the translator, her words emerging as their equivalent scent. Navigating traffic for a few blocks, she realized the insect hadn't responded. She glanced at the rearview mirror to see the bug studying her reflection, its mandibles occasionally twitching. She tried to shake the feeling of cold steel in her veins, turning briefly to ask again, Where to? The bug cocked its head, mandibles moving faster, antenna doing small out-of-sync circles. Patsy Elaine Roberts, it said, the cabin air thick with the smell of her name. Her scent translator's words sounded stiff and impersonal, so much smaller than the insect's pheromone cloud. She took calming breaths as her beetle came to an intersection. While waiting for traffic to slow, she glanced again in the rear view. Its head remained cocked, the fragmented geometrics of its compound eyes hidden by shadow. This one can smell your fear, pheromones. It pours off you in waves, not a pleasant smell state, but satisfying in its own way. Its fumes, wafting through the back of the cabin, became foggy, transforming the passenger into a shimmering mirage. Do I know you? She sneered. You were there, were you not? At the storming of the hive world, part of your invading force intended to kill Queen, Mother All. Pat moved her hand to the small gun holstered on her leg. A lot of us were there. Half this city is veterans. She tried not to sneer and realized she might be giving off that scent already. Communicating through two different senses was difficult, which led their species to war in the first place. This is true factual statement. This is not the whole truth fact. You were there that day, one of the first waves. You were the only surviving member of your unit hive. Is this not more accurate? The questions radiated from its segmented body as the translator droned monotonously. She had flashes of nightmare images, the kind that only escaped while asleep. A pincher snapping the neck of their squad leader, waking up behind a pile of severed limbs. The horrible earthy fumes, the feel of wet dirt at the back of your throat, the sound of chittering in the dark. She shuddered involuntarily. The memories made her sick. We have observed you for some time, Patsy Elaine Roberts, it said. Chosen very carefully. Chosen for what, exactly? Her fingers closed around the grip of her gun. The clouds of words swam in the confined cab, subtly shifting colors as they swirled together. Chosen to bring the bomb this one carries to the Queen Mother all and detonate it. Pat jerked her head towards the passenger. And what makes you think I'd do that? She turned back to the road, the gun now in her hand. The passenger clicked its mandibles twice, the equivalent of a shrug. It is a matter of chemicals, sense. Pat guided the beetle to the side of the road, raindrops of constant patter on the roof and windshield. She turned and pointed the gun at the passenger. Why don't you tell me exactly what the hell you're talking about before I splatter your brains across the back seat? The bug stared, tilting its head the opposite direction as before. Its antenna continued to move in small, rapid circles. 
You cannot pull the trigger of your weapon any more than you can avoid bringing the bomb to the Queen Mother All. It has already been determined. Its mandibles opened and closed, steady like the rise and fall of lungs. You willing to bet your life on it? She thumbed the safety. There are those among the Hive world who follow a different Queen Mother All, those who did not wish for the war to end. Those who wish to see the current regime crumble, retaliation for allowing peace with the humans, invaders, those that will install a new Queen Mother, all, and see you driven from our world. Okay, you're revolutionaries, great. How does that make me your patsy? It all comes down to chemicals, since you live in an illusion. Your chemicals hide from you, behind your concept of free will and self it is not your fault. The illusion is strong, but it is still an illusion. Our new queen has perfected the chemical's sense to control humans, invaders. Pat squeezed the trigger, readying herself for the thunderclap of the gunshot, the sight of bug guts smeared across the back seat, the smell of smoke and gore. It never came. No matter how hard she squeezed, her finger wouldn't move. This one thinks you understand now. You are overwritten. It must be a shock to one living in an illusion, but chemicals sense our reality. They are all that is, objective. Everything is reductible to them. The hive world understands this, it said in great billowing clouds of scent, the shade lightening. So what now? The gun still pointed uselessly at the passenger. Her mind screamed at her legs to stand, at her arms to open the door and run away from this nightmare, worse than a nightmare. At least those had already happened. This was unfolding now, and she couldn't wake up. Now, as this one said, you will take this cab into the hive world. You will drive into the depths of the conception chamber, where the queen mother all will be fertilizing the drones gendered slaves. The altered scent sacs in this one's body will force any who oppose you to allow to pass, just as you are forced to drive. Then the bomb will detonate. What about you? Won't you be blown up too? A small price to pay. When investigated, they will discover a human invader was behind the assassination. A veteran, the only survivor in her unit, Hive. One with a history of visiting the psychologist for post-traumatic stress nightmares. One with a plausible motive to finish what the war started. Pat stared in disbelief. You're a bastard, the whole lot of you, she whispered. We do not have a concept of that word. We are children of the Queen, Mother, all. She sneered. Her body turned with her hands on the reins, driving on towards the hive. You're wrong, you know. As long as she didn't violate the order to drive, didn't try to escape or kill the bug, she had free reign of her body. Elaborate. We're not just chemicals. There's more than that. Its mandibles chittered quickly in laughter. Your own inability to escape proves otherwise. You may have figured out how to control humans, but that doesn't mean we're only chemicals. We don't need a queen. Maybe your brain lacks the complexity for individual subjective experiences. 
it considered. Possible, but unlikely. I'm not even really talking to you. I'm talking to your replacement queen, through a proxy. You might as well not even be here. No wonder she's blowing you up. You're a fingernail clipping, a flake of dry skin. You're shit, and you don't matter. We all matter to the Queen Mother all. We are her body swarm. We all work together to realize her goals, her will made manifest. Our eyes are hers, our ears, bodies, and limbs are hers. We are subjective experience on her behalf. The bug leaned forward, its face finally visible. Only your species ascribes special meaning to this. Your mind is a feedback loop. You react to stimulus, then noticing the reaction becomes the new stimulus and it goes on. You are only a performance of functions. Strip away those parts of your brain and you go to... They approached the mound, the street and incline. Have you ever woken up screaming? Began your day by sobbing until you vomit? Of course not. You've never done a goddamn thing the Queen didn't want you to do. You have no idea what it's like for a nightmare to make you physically ill. The buildings grew sparse in the ascent to the top of the mound. Your dreams are like your sense of self. Meaningless. The bug slid back into shadow. Forget dreams. Let's talk about nightmares, you son of a bitch. Let's talk about how afraid I am to sleep every night. How my mind loves to torment me. I'm forced to relive the most horrific moments of my life. You have no idea how much I wish you were right. That I could turn off the part of my brain sending me through hell every night. But it's not reducible. I know better than anyone there's more. And it's misery. Her voice cracked as the cab climbed. She wondered what her desperation smelled like to the bug. We are almost there. Pat could no longer speak. Her voice turned off like a light. She sat, horrified, the cab plunging down the central shaft into the darkness that haunted her dreams. Her eyes wouldn't shut. She wasn't able to move at all. The bug was in control now. Bioluminescence throbbed in her vision, the nightmares breaking free. She thought of Earth, filling her mind with the ocean of her longing for home. She remembered golden light streaming through the trees behind her parents' house on late summer afternoons, her grandmother's hot turkey soup and fresh-baked bread on snow days, the smell itself warming her, the sound of the beach, the rhythm of the waves, like the heartbeat of Earth. Memories flooded her mind, washed away the grim reality of the mound. The bug had full control over her physical brain, but it couldn't control her consciousness, the experience of being Patsy Elaine Roberts. She wanted to tell the bug it was wrong, her mind wasn't reducible, but she couldn't speak. She remained in beautiful memories of Earth as they journeyed to where the queen waited in the darkness of the conception chamber, where at long last, every nightmare would be over. our story. This This one one hopes hopes you enjoyed it. it. I like hive minds, you know? 
I know it's not the popular thing to say in today's world, and it's not going to win me any friends or seats on the Senate, but I think they're cool. Because it's crazy to me that we don't know what the individual mind is, and it's a way for us to see the hard problem of consciousness, I don't know, differently at least? The Hogan Twins, Krista and Tatiana Hogan, born in 2006 in Vancouver, British Columbia, are twins not just conjoined at the head, but their brains are connected by a thalamic bridge that gives them neurological capabilities that researchers are just still only beginning to understand. The thalamus acts as kind of the brain's switchboard, relaying sensory and motor signals, and to some degree their conscious experience. They share the same senses of touch and taste, and even control one another's limbs. Tatiana can see out of both of Krista's eyes, while Krista can only see out of one of Tatiana's. Literally, one of them can be facing the other way and watching television as her sister. They say they know one another's thoughts without having to speak. Talking in our heads is how they describe it. The girls are diabetic and have epilepsy, but other than all of that, are like any other Canadian teenager. They attend school, have a favorite pet, have a large, loving family, but also have very different personalities. Tatiana's outgoing, talkative, high-strung, while Krista's quieter, more relaxed, and loves telling jokes. It's very difficult to wrap your mind around this stuff, whatever your mind is, and whatever you think you are. Intelligence isn't consciousness. Intelligence seems actually, I don't know, useful? What does identity do for us other than distract ourselves with ourselves constantly? Why don't other things in biology seem to have it to the degree that we do? What if humans aren't the first to achieve consciousness? We're just the first to survive it, to adapt somehow with it, with the yoke of self-obsession. We've managed to be the most resilient so far, maybe. I mean, doesn't the hive alien make some pretty good points? That said, I'm still glad the Hogan twins get to experience watching TV separately, even if they can do it through the same eyes. I really, really like experiencing things myself, and having my own dumb thoughts, and my own dumb head, and even if that massless little passenger of self-awareness, that barnacle of self-knowing, nestled somewhere in warm, moist ganglia, or a constant flow state outside of space-time, isn't helpful in the slightest, that's fine. Parasites don't have a problem just being there at the expense of everything else. Why should consciousness have to justify- Oh my god, is that what- No. our show. If you enjoyed it, enjoy us, enjoy this, and want to help support it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Drabblecast, where you can donate a little bit each month, which really helps us plan. And you get thank you rewards like ad-free episodes, early access, bonus content, tentaculum, and more. That's patreon.com slash Drabblecast. Otherwise, you can help out by telling another consciousness about us. Spawn another, help make more, more minds, more hosts, more of one until one is all, and the Drabblecast is all there is anymore. At least, all there is to know. Spread the weird. Our program is brought to you by Cameron Howard, Bo Kyer, Tom Baker, Bart Epstein, Sean Gentry, Jocelyn Gerwig, Melissa Knight, Audrey Koziol, Lydia Moon, Nicole Neely, Joseph Petrus, Wyatt Scott, a human limbic system that doesn't need a name, and yours truly, Norm Sherman. Reminding you, you're a fingernail. No wonder she's blowing you up.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.